Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A Florida love story. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Mike Williams disappeared on a hunting trip in December of 2000. The common belief was that he was eaten by an alligator. But just last year, law enforcement discovered new information that challenged this theory. This man was murdered, and they blamed it on alligators for 17 years. On December 16, 2000, Mike Williams, a 31-year-old real estate appraiser, was reported missing where he didn't come home from a duck hunting trip to Lake Seminole, a picturesque reservoir just outside of Tallahassee, Florida. As the days passed, he was presumed dead, likely drowned in a careless lake accident. But the truth involved a tangled and perplexing mix of alligators, sex, kidnapping, multiple betrayals, and Sister Hazel. Today we're talking about the very Florida, very twisted murder of Mike Williams. Jerry Michael Williams, called Mike, grew up with his parents and older brother Nick in a trailer outside of Tallahassee, Florida. Instead of building a house, the Williams' parents saved their money so that both boys, who had part-time jobs helping the family at a supermarket, could go to North Florida Christian High School, a bougier private high school. In Both boys did really well there, especially Mike, who played football, was active in the key club, and served as student council president. He was voted best personality by his class, too, but really... There are only two other noteworthy things that happened to Mike while at North Florida Christian that you need to remember. One, he picked up duck hunting as a hobby. And two, his high school sweetheart was a girl by the name of Denise Morrell. Denise was tall, blonde, and popular. She cheered for the North Florida Eagles and got her own superlative of best dressed. Again, very cute all around. If I had to cast this couple, which I don't, but I will, I'd say Denise bears a striking resemblance to a tall Christian Chenoweth. Mike has more of a Martin Freeman look, which, hey, I'm not complaining about... Okay, okay. Anyhow. In 1988, after high school, Mike enrolled in Florida State University, majoring in political science and urban planning. Before he even graduated, he was hired by Ketchum Appraisal Group as one of their youngest property appraisers. According to the company's owner, Mike was, quote, the hardest working man I ever saw. It felt like the perfect progression when Mike Williams married his longtime girlfriend, Denise Morell, in 1994. The two seemed to be happy. In 1999, they had a daughter named Ainsley Williams, and Mike's co-workers attested to the fact that he loved being a dad. Unfortunately, in 2000, Mike Williams' father died, a tragic event that begins the true crime portion of this episode. Likely thinking about his father and the future of his family if something happened to him, Mike bought himself a $1 million life insurance policy through a man named Brian Winchester. 
Brian Winchester was a childhood friend of Denise and went to high school with both Denise and Mike, graduating at the same time. Brian Winchester also married his high school sweetheart from North Florida Christian, Kathy Aldridge. Denise had remained close with Brian and Kathy, and they became kind of couples friends with Denise and Mike. Then Mike and Brian became best friends. Mike thought, I'll buy life insurance from someone I trust. According to his mother, Mike was making around $200,000 a year, working really hard. His only real hobby being duck hunting, which he would do in the morning, go to work, return home for dinner, and then go back to work. It was a pretty intense schedule. Two days before his disappearance, Mike and Denise told Cindy and Mike's brother Nick that 2001 was going to be their year. They were planning a Hawaiian cruise that spring, there was a work trip happening to Jamaica, and soon after they were also going to try to have another baby. So then we get to December 16th, 2000, the date of Denise and Mike's wedding anniversary. Mike goes out really early in the morning on a duck hunting trip at Lake Seminole and tells Denise he's going to be back just in time for their planned anniversary getaway to Apalachola, Florida. Definitely got that wrong. But Williams never came back that day. According to Denise, at noon, she called her father to tell him that Mike hadn't come back. Then Denise and Brian went to the areas of the lake where they knew Mike would duck hunt. Soon, Brian's own father had called to let him know that everyone was worried, and then he went down to the lake with his boat to help search. For hours they searched, until finally, Winchester and his dad stumbled upon Mike's small, motorized canoe on the lake's shore. They then found his 1994 Ford Bronco parked 75 yards away, abandoned. After that, investigators with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission were called and a search formally began. Unfortunately for the investigation, a storm blew in so they had to stop searching, at least for that day and pick up the next day. The search for Mike Williams would go on for another nail-biting 44 days. Quote, We didn't have a whole lot to go on except there was an empty boat and the guy didn't show up, remarked one of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission's agency officers. There was nothing there that we had from the scene that suggested foul play at all. Deputies with the Jackson County Sheriff's Office also got involved, but the search was slow going, focusing on the 10 acres around the lake where Williams' truck was found. Investigators would later find his shotgun still in its case. Almost right off the bat, authorities assumed that Mike had hit one of the stumps, one of the many stumps in that area, protruding up through the surface of the water with his boat, fallen out, and had sunk into the reservoir's waters that were between 8 and 12 feet deep. With his wading boots full of water, he might have drowned. With this theory, Jackson County Sheriff's Office assured the Williams family that in three to seven days, Mike's body would eventually float to the surface, like around 80 other unidentified bodies that had been found in that very lake. Reassuring. But after 10 days, there was no body, only a random camouflage hunting hat that helped nobody and couldn't be specifically connected to Mike Williams himself. In February of 2001, the search was called off, though it's been suggested that it could have been extended had Denise been insistent that it should continue. Authorities still thought Mike fell out of his boat, but because they couldn't find a body, they clung to another possible explanation. Alligators. Quote, with the wildlife around, I would guess that the alligators have dismembered and have stored the remains in a location that we would not be able to find, reported an officer from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Early searchers had reported seeing alligators and hey, there was still no body. The FFWCC thought Mike's body had become entangled in the beds of the dense hydrilla plants beneath the lake's surface and then found by the alligators later, who devour it and left the rest for the turtles and catfish to finish off. This was good enough for Denise Williams, who avoided media attention during the search for her husband, and arranged for a memorial service to be held literally the day after the search ended. At this point, Denise was pretty distracted. She was having a full-blown relationship with her missing husband's best friend, Brian Winchester. Let's take a break. 
The Scams and Cons podcast takes you behind the scenes to tell you how scams are run and why we fall for them. Can you beat that game of three-card Monty when you can clearly see where the queen is? No, you can't, and there are about six people around you to make sure you don't. Con artists earn your trust. Take your money, then vanish. That's the way it works. Whether it's a fortune teller or someone inviting you into a secret scheme to beat the stock market, listen to Scams and Cons, the -the behind-the-scenes podcast that tells you how scams are run. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. This is the check-in. Deep breaths, in and out, through your nose or mouth. Now I'm thinking, do I know how to breathe? Think about it. it. No, don't. Think about it. No. Don't overthink it, but think about it. Be mindful. Don't be mindful. Uh, I'll go with don't be mindful. Okay. Business as usual over here. Because if I'm mindful, I'm not concentrating my full attention on thanking everyone for listening and supporting the podcast, sharing it, spreading the good word. The good gospel of ghost town. Just give us your money. Hold up your device, however you're listening to it, up in the air and Uh start speaking in tongues. Could you? But tongues is just like, hey, this podcast is pretty cool. That yeah, tongue. That's such a foreign tongue. It's so <laughs> threatening to people. <laughs> I know. Like, good. But it's close to the Lord. We want to say hello, our beloved government. Absolutely. Up there in that. <laughs> a house that's probably white. Just, you know, no yeah. relation to whatever the white house. Whatever color, honestly, you want it to be. Yeah. You're the boss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever you want it to be. I don't know. It's a duplex. Sure. A townhouse. Bay windows. Ooh, that's oh. nice. Vaulted ceilings. That's very nice. Locks on the doors. A bathroom. One bathroom for all of these people. <laughs> and one kitchen. One bathroom, one kitchen for Dara Rosenzweig. Hello. Ashley Matson. Hello. James Harrington. Hello. Kat Joselle. Hello. David Bull. Hello. But you know who gets her own bathroom? Whoa. It's a full bath, Full bath? Full, full bath. Full fucking bath? Full bath. Damn. Avian Noble. So if you want ad-free, no chit-chat, early access, you want to binge, but you want to you're you're you want to binge and be on a tight schedule. Tight schedule. And you don't need all that extra fluff. Mm-mm. You can go to patreon.com/ghosttownpod. Now, last Wednesday's episode, I ranted. You did. And I was reminded of that rant because I had to edit it. <laughs> and I actually right. really did try to like truncate it a little bit. 
And sometimes listening back, I'm like, yeah, I agree with this guy. But also it's kind of like to myself, (laughs) I do that a lot. No, you know what? I said what I said. Yeah. And I agree with what I said. It's an interesting insight into your own self and philosophy. I appreciated it after the fact. Well, we had some people come out to support. Or maybe some people were like, I'm good with this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I won't know because they probably weren't going to like be like, I'm not going to tell this idiot that Mm -hmm. we're not listening anymore. But we got one message on... Our Patreon. Oh. From Mike Kennedy, from Patron. Keep this in mind. This is from a patron, Mike Kennedy. Someone who gives us money. Yeah. Great. We want that social security, Mike, number, Mike. (laughs) Give us that social security number. We need more, Mike. What street were you born on, Mike? How dedicated are you to the podcast, Mike? Grr. Sometimes all I want is chit-chat and banter. Sometimes I'll rewind the ads and listen twice. Oh! Gross? (laughs) You're gross. No, not you. You know who. Don't change a fucking thing about this podcast. And you know, I don't curse unless it's a quote. I don't curse unless it's a quote. But Mike Kennedy, you know what? I had to do his words justice. Thank you, Mike, for coming out and supporting. And you're somebody who doesn't have to listen to the chit chat. Mm -hmm. You have an an ad free option not to listen to the chit chat. That's right. Thank you so much for your support. I love that. Does that make you feel good? Yeah, no, I, I do. I, I appreciate the, uh, some of this kind of like, oh, there's a bunch of, oh, it's like, that's right. I was, instead of going to therapy, anything besides going anything to therapy. Anything but therapy. No, I mean, Good. I tried, Kaiser's not great with therapy. Oh, so, unless yeah. you're a sponsor, Kaiser. Yeah, that's right. Or just be like me and pay out of pocket and oh. just be bled dry. I don't know. Got a couple of Apple podcasts. That's great. Please slow down while talking. Whoa. Five stars. What? I know this about myself. Um, I am a fast talker, and that's probably to me, and I apologize, and I will do better, specifically for the second part of this episode. If you listen to the episodes that I speak more in, if you notice that I will have pauses and that kind of thing, almost like slow conversational, because I speak so fast, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to slow it down. Yeah. I actually think you speak at a pretty even even pace. I've learned over the years I am also a speedy talker in general, and I think this has beaten me down. (laughs) I'm an Indian, and English is not my first language, but I want to listen to your content because I love it. Please slow down with the on baby in India. Fair, fair comment. Mm -hmm. Appreciate the feedback. That's constructive criticism. Truly, and is absolutely true. Yes, is not incorrect. Good to be reminded. Sometimes we get a little little excited. Yeah. A little faster. Sometimes, always. Cool podcast, five stars. The hosts are funny and the topics are interesting. Ordep22 in the US and A. And one comment via Instagram from Darlene. I'll just say Darlene Barber. She might have said her name right. Yeah, she's on Instagram handle. Yeah. Right? DBarber800 on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if she would keep it. I don't think it's a private account. I mean, I don't know. Sorry, Hmm. Darlene, if you get some followers. (laughs) I want to let you know I rated you a five on Spotify, but there's no way to comment. I want to tell you I love the banter. It's a little break between what is sometimes dark subject matter. I don't mind the ads either. You got to try to make a living. Your time has value. I appreciate the effort you both bring to the podcast. Thanks, Darlene. Oh. That was my therapist in this moment. (laughs) That's That's what I want to hear. I just want you to just support what I say. Exactly. I mean- you don't one to five. You don't have to rate me five. Okay. It should be the podcast, Darlene. I don't know. Spotify, Spotify has a thing where you can rate my looks on it. <laughs> hey, Hot listen, or not? They're they're broadening their horizons. Hot or not? Yes, that's great. That's what a healing balm. Yes. Um, on that last week's review, I think that's great. I just want to oh, say, I I I think that they're right. I think that we th- this subject matter can be so heavy and just like dark that it's I think hard. To comment on it, depending on who's leading the episode that that week, 
And so it's hard to interject after something's so dark at the end. So I think it helps us too to have this middle area to kind of equalize and, and decompress. Well, take me out of the cool, <laughs> the, the cool rock and roll world of Los Angeles and take me down to the cool rock and roll world of the Panhand. Let's do it. We're back in June of 2001. After finding a pair of waders in the lake, a judge had declared Mike Williams dead by accidental drowning. Denise then collected $1.75 million in life insurance money from the insurance policy that was written by her current married boyfriend and her dead husband's best friend, Brian Winchester. It came out that the two had been having an affair for years, first getting together in 1997 at a Sister Hazel concert, according to Winchester's testimony. They had kissed inside of the venue while their spouses were out parking the car. Very romantic. After Mike disappeared, Brian Winchester divorced his wife, and in 2005, Denise and Brian got married and moved into the house that Denise and Mike lived. Case closed for Brian and Denise, but not for Cheryl Ann Williams, Mike's mom, who called bullshit on all of this. She refused to believe that her son had drowned, was suspicious of Denise for obvious reasons, and continued to petition police until the Florida Department of Law Enforcement opened a missing persons investigation in 2004, reopening the case on the grounds of the suspicious location of the boat where it was eventually found, and the fact that it had a full tank of gas and was turned off. Weird for someone who was presumably driving a motorboat before falling into a body of water. Investigators also learned that Mike Williams didn't usually hunt alone. Quote, some things looked unusual right off the bat, said the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission's David Arnett, who thought the situation was at first a pretty typical but tragic case involving a missing hunter in a boating accident. Quote, then after a couple, three days, and after the weeks that went on, those first things looked even more out of place. Then the alligator theory was officially debunked after realizing that alligators weren't really active in the lake during that season, and the lake was too cold. Also, the waiters, discovered almost six months after Williams' disappearance, were looking a little too pristine than they should have if he had drowned and was eaten by alligators and other lake wildlife. They had no bite marks, and they weren't tampered, and upon re-examination, they almost seemed to have been planted in an area of disturbed weeds and alligator feces. Everything was looking weirder and weirder. But authorities didn't really have any new evidence to go on. So by 2006, investigators were no longer returning Cheryl Williams's phone calls, though she continued to do what she could to publicize the case, taking out ads in the Tallahassee Democrat, where I got a lot of this information. They had excellent reporting on this case until the case was formally closed again in 2007. A possible new lead emerged in October of 2007, when Mike's older brother Nick found a photograph and the serial number of a 22 caliber pistol that had belonged to their father, but that Michael had inherited after his death. It was the only gun once owned by Mike that Denise hadn't returned to her former in-laws and was missing. Agents visited Brian Winchester and Denise Williams, now Winchester, in their house, again, the same one that she had lived in with Michael, to interview them. Days later, the Winchester's attorney produced the gun, which was sent to a forensics lab. On the anniversary of Mike Williams's disappearance that year, the Winchesters made one of their few public statements on the whole thing. Quote, For seven years, we have prayed and hoped to find out with certainty what happened to Mike. Nobody wants Mike found more than we do. Things were quiet for another five years, when in 2012, surprisingly, Denise and Brian Winchester separated, reportedly due to Brian's sex addiction, and they got divorced in 2015. Brian was livid. He did not want this divorce at all. But according to the courts, he had to comply. 
As part of that order, he was told he needed to appraise the couple's house by August 5, 2016, for the splitting of their assets and the rest of the divorce proceedings. Denise told Leon County Sheriff's Office investigators that, on August 5th, the day when the appraisal had to be filed with the court, she was driving to her job at Florida State University. While talking to her sister on her cell phone, it's unsafe to talk on the phone and drive, she nightmarishly saw someone climb over the back seat of her car and into the passenger seat. It was Brian. He took her phone away and took out a gun. Denise said later that Brian claimed this was necessary since she was not taking his calls and blocking his text messages. Instead of going where he wanted her to, she pulled into the parking lot of the nearest CVS drugstore. Brian then threatened to kill himself, that he had nothing to live for if the two of them got a divorce. Eventually, in the CVS parking lot, Denise was able to calm him down and took him back to his truck, which was at a nearby park. Before he went back to his car, he told Denise he had to grab something out of her trunk. Horrified, she witnessed him taking some kind of tool, a tan sheet, a different colored plastic sheet, and a spray bottle of bleach out of her own trunk. After she left, Brian pulled up to her and apologized again for what he had just done. She said it was no big deal and promised him she wouldn't tell the police. Then she immediately went to the cops. According to a friend of Winchester's later interviewed by the police, he got paranoid that after the divorce, Denise would tell authorities what she knew about, quote, this guy who died 10 or 12 or 15 years ago. Brian was arrested and held without bond under the charges of kidnapping, domestic assault, and armed burglary, which was great news for Cheryl Williams, who was waiting for a development like this. Quote, Brian's not going to let Denise run around alone with all that money, she told the New York Daily News. I'm praying he doesn't commit suicide. I'm praying he'll tell us what actually happened. She even thought maybe her son was still alive. In December of 2017, Brian Winchester was sentenced to 20 years in prison and 15 years probation. No mention was made of the Mike Williams case at Brian Winchester's sentencing, but the very next day at a news conference, Mike Perez, the Florida police special agent in charge, announced that Williams' body had been secretly found and identified at the end of a dead-end road, five miles from where he grew up, a month and a half before. That information shocked everybody, but the fact that Mike's death was determined to be homicide, probably not as shocking at this point. Denise Williams was arrested and Florida police disclosed that they had received information on where the body was in early of October 2017. I couldn't find out if it was an anonymous tip, a psychic, a couple tried to unsuccessfully crack the case, Brian, or even Denise. After the October tip, County Public Works employees were brought in for what they were told was a training exercise, spending 16-hour days digging holes in the mud. On October 18th, a team of search dogs found Mike Williams' remains in the piles of mud and dirt. 90% of his bones were recovered, all very well preserved, as was some of his clothing that he'd been wearing at the time of his disappearance, like his winter gloves and boots. The DNA of the body was a match to Cheryl Williams, Mike's persistent mom. On May 8, 2018, Denise was arrested as she left work to celebrate her daughter's 19th birthday, just minutes after a grand jury indicted her for murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and accessory after the fact. And then, a desperate Brian Winchester made a shocking confession to the murder of Mike Williams. According to Brian, Denise began conspiring with him in March of 2000, nine months before his best friend disappeared. On the morning of December 16, 2000, the two went hunting together at Lake Seminole. When they reached a landing down from where they parked their vehicles, Brian got Mike to stand up and he shoved him overboard. Quote, Mike got his jacket off and his waders off and he was in a panic, obviously. A sobbing Winchester told law enforcement, I was in a panic. I was driving the boat. I didn't know what to do and I ended up shooting him. Winchester then allegedly dragged his friend's body to the shore and put him in a dog crate in the back of his Chevy Suburban. 
he pushed Mike's boat back out into the water and headed back to his house, where his wife, Kathy, was still asleep. Quote, I got undressed, got back into bed, he said, and pretended that I just woke up and that I was late to meet her dad. Talking about his wife. Poor, poor Kathy. Then he went to Walmart in his Chevy with the body in the car, where he bought a tarp and a shovel. With his supplies in the body, Brian drove to the end of Gardner Road, just a few miles from where Mike was raised, and buried him there. In February of 2019, Denise was sentenced to life in prison. She did not speak or offer any argument on her behalf, but has continuously denied her part in her ex-husband's murder. The only person to address the court besides her lawyers was fucking Cheryl Williams, who said that justice had finally been served and that Denise had taken not only her son, but also her granddaughter from her. Brian Winchester is still serving his 20-year state prison sentence for Denise's armed kidnapping. Denise appealed her verdict in 2020, but the appeal was denied. After holding a proper funeral for her son in September 2018, Cheryl Williams continues her life as usual, operating her at-home daycare and making sure Denise Williams will be in prison for a very, very long time. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.